our problem is. Mm. It would have been great to hear you say that this should be driven by the Ministry of Education. Because mm. the traditional thinking is that mm. arts and culture is for arts and culture. But you are <laughs> canvassing the fact that arts and culture yes. has great benefit to the educational effort. And yes. therefore, they must, they must not be disengaged and kept on the sidelines. There must be a deliberate fusion and collaboration. The best way to drive that collaboration is for these schemes and scholarships and sponsorships not to even come from the traditional arts and culture ministry, which has direct oversight anyway over the, mm. the industry, but from education that says you have something to offer. Yes. Bring it on board. That mm. will be the only amendment I'll make to your point, but I think it's a really wonderful point. Yeah. Let me come to you and um, Helen, you have the last one or okay. the third, your final one for today, is and that's on youth. Youth. Mm-hmm. And my, the main point for when it comes to youth is how we, even what we refer to as youth. You know, in my ideal Ghana, a 30-year-old will not be called a youth. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that um, I, I, um, I'm saying that because of the thinking that is behind it, that we leave the development of our, of, of what so-called youth to, to when they're like 35 year old, when he's five year old, he's too small, he's teenager, he's too young. You know, I, I found out today, I mean, also you know my bias because I'm, I'm married to Pastor Andy Olson, I found out that the four founders of Accra Academy know Nobody should talk. I, I'm not surprised no. that Accra has found a certain way to pay it. <laughs> Don't so do that. Let, let, let me finish my point. He paid money. Let me finish. And other famous. That when you go on Springboard, please, oh, no, whatever no. you do, eh, we hereby give free rain. You mentioned the blame. <laughs> the four founders of Accra Academy were below 30. When they found the school, I mean, is that still relevant today? Are we, are we seeing people who are twenty-five year olds, twenty-four year olds, twenty-two year olds? Because we, oh, you're too young. Oh, you're too small. No, we find that people are even developing things maybe in SS or in university, but it stays on a shelf somewhere. It's not funded. We don't even fund the ideas. People have projects. They've developed stuff. Oh, he's too small. He's too young. We need to create that space for our young people to be innovative and stop using their age as some sort of barrier to their brain. Their brain is still thinking. Point so, so beautifully so. made. Create more space for the young people to make their contribution. Yes. Actually, national development efforts will be so much more enabled when we allow every segment of the society to bring their contribution on board. That's why every conversation that sees fully empower women is correct. Because you can't, you can't disenfranchise half your population. Any, any conversation that says tap into the full strength of the young people is correct because Africa is predominantly young yeah. people. It is. And, they, and we are younger and then, than every other continent in the world. So yes. we can't, the young people can't wait. And we've traveled the springboard around the country several times. And I can tell yes. you, Helen, you will be surprised yeah. at the thoughts that young people have. And we hope to get young people to make the final contribution to my ideal Ghana. And don't be surprised that they will come and set the place on fire because yes. young people are bold. Yes. And there's something about the innocence of their innovative minds. Oh. They will just see it. Yeah. Right. So this is Springboard, your virtual university. I almost were carried away. Three wonderful people, all of them musicians. <laughs> if you just joined us, this is the show that's the only show that can bring together Helen Yosin, Ochiami Kwame, and Alfred 
Patrick Adakwe. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. They've been sharing about my ideal Ghana. Let me remind you that on Tuesday, you will find the transcript of this discussion on page 18 of the graphic business. And so look out for it and participate in it. Um, let me also mention that the sixth in our E-Lead conference series comes off this week. The E-Lead conference series is simply a conversation by women for women with men as gate crushes and we the men are very proud to get crushed and it's on wednesday this wednesday and the theme is the road to financial independence it's very important you need it for your next recording when is it coming out ash all right so we'll talk about financial literacy we'll talk about independent living and the hidden pathways to investments join comfort doris ahiachi taka awori and then neka will be at 10 a.m on Zoom and also on Facebook. And then catch comfort again on Thursday with her guests as you look at the outlook of jobs post-COVID-19. This, I hear something called COVID-20. Mm. That's not about the disease itself. It's about the post-COVID issues. In my ideal Ghana, music should be compulsory from the day you are born. <laughs> it's true. I agree. <laughs> this is Springboard Adventure University. I'm found with my three guests, Helen Yosno, Chami Kwame, and Alfred Patrick Adakwe, as we talk about my ideal Ghana. i tell you something. I'm enjoying the discussion about my ideal Ghana, but I'm also enjoying the music. And coming up soon, you will hear Ochiame Kwame's choice of song, yes. and then you will hear Adakwe's choice of song. So if somebody's not listening... Call them to call somebody to call somebody. If they if they even like our discussion, just enjoy the music. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Patrick Adakwe chose education, infrastructure, and leadership and governance. He's saying when teaching is done in the right way, like Prof. Samriku taught him his music in Fanti, you can educate yourself all the way to PhD and still love it. Second thing he says, infrastructure is founded by borrowing, so there must be consensus building and continuity in projects so that our money, we can get our full money's worth for our investment. He's saying that leadership, under leadership and governance, he's saying that party position, party people 
fill positions that sometimes they may not be qualified for to the detriment of experts in those fields. Ochami Kwame chose education, leadership and governance, and then arts, culture, and entertainment. He says, education must focus primarily on how to manage thought. He mentioned dyslexia. Yes. Mm. That was a point made so emotionally and so beautifully in the in one of the previous ed- previous editions by my friend Nana Sakwao, who says he went through his whole formal education without even knowing that he was dyslexic. Until he took his son to school in another jurisdiction and the teacher said, Your son is brilliant but dyslexic and therefore will need extra help. And as the teacher began to describe the symptoms, he said, ah, but that's exactly what mm. I had. Which means that, just like your point was made, mm. if the teacher does not know your special needs, mm. they will say you're not interested. Yes. Meanwhile, you have a peculiar situation that does not in any way affect your brilliance. But Chan, was that your situation? Pepe, pepe. Pepe, my Beautiful. father beat me and mm. they put... You don't okay. think. Yeah, you don't <laughs> think. <laughs> hit my head. And I remember when I was 10, I used to say M-O-N-E-O-P. Because, the same thing. because they said it was a challenge for him. Yes, they said M-N, but I had M-O-N. Ah. And so I would repeat what I was forced to regurgitate, and then they would beat me. And, you know, uh, I, I, and I've suffered. I, I, at a point, I began to feel for the parents, instead of being angry, to feel for them because the parent wants the very best for the child. And yes. honestly, has no clue about dyslexia and about the fact that the dyslexics are the most brilliant people you will find from the Richard Branson's mm-hmm. to some of the Rockefeller. most accomplished people Brands. had the same yes. challenge yes. and nobody knew it. Yes. But that's why this conversation is important. Yes. So you are saying that for education, from class one, we should be taught how to think. And I yes. noted your points. Sensation first, followed by thought, then duality and resolution. Yes. And you see, once you understand how to think, you take control right from the beginning and guide the process to useful outcomes. Mm. That was philosophy 101. <laughs> <laughs> your third point is that, your third point is that was fascinating, that politics must end two weeks after every election and they must go on break for three years yes. and then they will open the election season again yes, and they yes. can do their stuff. I found that very, very funny and very interesting as well. And you tied that one to the fact that we must spend our time more on development, yes. which you capture as a 40-year plan that everyone must sign up to yes. and your campaign must speak to that plan or forget it. So it would require, in your opinion, an amendment to the constitution and consensus building. Yes. Excellent. All right. Your point about arts, culture, and entertainment is intentional curating and engagement of the industry yes. so there can be collaboration in education. Powerful. Helen, your three points were education, social protection, and youth. And you're saying that we must take off the word extra from the curriculum and make music, dance, literature, all the things that we call extracurricular, make them an integral part and even not even consider them as extra. Yes. Beautiful point. And then you say you want a Ghana in which domestic abuse is not swept under the carpet and violence is not blamed on the victim. Yes. Powerful. All right. And then the third one, and you say it starts with education, educating yes. young people to appreciate our differences yes. or their differences. Yes. The third one is very interesting. You say 30-year-old people cannot call themselves youth in your ideal Ghana. You should create more space for young people to express their innovative ideas. Yes. I tell you what, if you had a chance to steal one of his points, um, Patrick, if you had a chance to steal one of Ochiame's points, which one would you steal? 
Oh, uh, of course. They know the one I was still. And the second one, the 40-year-old. You found that interesting. Why? Yes. Very, very interesting. Because I feel that Ghanaians... Sorry. I, I feel that we are not able to stick to plan. This president comes... He has to do something new. Another president comes. He has to abolish all what the previous one did to show Ghanaians what he did was not right. He is coming. He is the man. He is coming. And therefore, we have to borrow a lot and lot of money. The borrowing, the borrowing is worrying you. Right? It worries me a lot. <laughs> Which of Helen's points would you would you would you steal? I think um, the word steal is being used respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to Doctor steals both points. On the education, um, where, uh, she mentioned uh, the curriculum, I mean, uh, the extra, extra curriculum, yeah. yes, coming into the main curriculum. And I think um, it's it's also very important. And she mentioned something about approach. You know, for instance, me, when I was in school, where the teacher teaching us now, for instance, if he wants to mention examples of nouns, he will mention uh, other names, hmm. Frederick. Meanwhile, we had names in, in my class. class. So the, the kind of examples, even in music, at times something very simple, it can be Joe Metal song, that is maybe probably ter- ternary form. And uh, let me waste time a little bit. For instance, when we talk of, of ternary, A, B, A. So, yes, yes, that is B. Yes. Then at times he comes back to yes, he may end at that. That, that is A, B, A. That is ternary. Then we'll go and pick Mozart's or uh, 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 Beethoven's examples, which we are not very, very used to. I now see why you like Helen's point because it ended up coming back into your point. <laughs> They call that selfish self-interest. Enlightened, enlightened self-interest. It came back to your point eventually. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Let me come to your channel comment. Which which of the points that Patrick made uh, caught your attention? Local language. Local language. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. Yes, because I remember about two years ago, I kicked against um, the, the government's plan to make French a second national language. I was furious on Twitter because it's already a shame that our first language is another country's language. We are going to pick another one from another slave master. Okay. <laughs> A creative me be family friend pass a question petty but pay more done a year but I soon pay pay pay. Include accept a credit now staff what you told that you pay pay pay. If you ask him when he je, he mu hey hey hey. Ube ye ye dia, just say ube me ye into niya 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 na oyere yere nukunu na eja to me ja Obama or mama no muda ekoma owofa ni ejuma na oni ni gaya mama no ni tanshi ane ja ni ni na ye mintra oni miya oni mshira. When people pray to God, they use God as a medium to money. So money has become the God that they are looking for and going through God. 
this mm. is something that I will address in a sermon as a pastor. Mm. Yeah, you are addressing it through music. music. And because right. you are addressing it through rap music, yes. you are likely to get people to listen to it. The, 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 you, you guys listen to it. <laughs> yes. And as long as you can quote Matthew 21, getting results in places that I may not reach. And that's why we need to respect each other's contribution. That's the beautiful part about it. Mm. He's spoken to the part of him, his um, yes, other the presentation language. that caught your attention. Which part of Helen's going to your attention? Youth. The youth. 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 I mean, come on. I mean, when you go to America right now, the people who are the Zuckerbergs, they did at 18, 19. You know, here at 18, 19, you are a child. How dare you? You can't even open your mouth. But it also comes back to the culture. You know, the culture, all that, yes, is good. But it's time for us to reevaluate it and see that how can we improve upon it? How much respect does a man need, and what is the line between respect and timidity? <laughs> I know that um, some some of these things make people a bit paranoid or a bit um, uncomfortable. But I have had interactions, cross-border interactions with our friends from Nigeria, mm. and we've had a conversation about differences, the the advantages of the Ghanaian persona, and mm. they are clear. But there's also some disadvantages mm. in the sense of sometimes being a bit too laid back and choosing to defer too much to other people because, as Helen said, and as you have reiterated, you are socialized to keep quiet and let others express their views. And in the, in the, in the earlier conversation, you were saying that even when you have your own ideas, you're asking yourself, should you say it or mm. you'll be seen as being too known? Mm. So, so keep it to yourself. It's almost modest to be ignorant, mm. but really, really, in other parts of the world, the more assertive you are and the more you make a contribution, the more scholarships you get. I yes. say, be very nice and be quiet. Mm. You don't talk. Ah. I mean, Helen, I can't go without hearing your points. You will take first from Patrick Adakwe, which are his points. Actually, the point that I want to say that the language, I mean, I think the other day I was discussing with somebody about the fact that why don't we, why don't we teach a local language in the in in school actually you know i i did my schooling my early schooling in nigeria i still remember that when i was in primary five i was taught yoruba they were taught me i mean they taught us deep stuff and i still remember stuff that they taught me so i'm thinking why don't we teach i mean okay french german it, they're great. Obviously, we can relate to the people around the countries around us. But which there should be at least uh, students to choose one local language. It, it is done. It is done yeah. in the GSS it, but curriculum. It's not. But it doesn't. It, it doesn't. In, of course, in the private school curriculum, it's not compulsory. It's but even then, it's like marriage counselling. It is seen as a requirement rather than a joy. Uh-huh. I've heard parents say this course spoiled my child's results. The child got A in everything and then got. B or got one in everything and got whatever in in ga or G and they say it's spoiled. It's almost like if you can discard it as quickly as possible, let's move on to the real issues. But it's still regarded as extra. But but you see, but but you see, it's not because um you see, but it it also then comes back to the education. Do the teachers also see it as a burden, something that they must just teach and they teach it anyhow? If you teach it and you relate it, they're here. They're not. It's not France. It's here. So if you teach the language and you relate it to the things here, I think the children and they oh yeah, I saw that yesterday. Yeah, ah, the goat. I saw that yesterday. I know what it means. So they they can understand. But if you just teach it or another language and it's like far away somewhere, it has to be relatable. All right. So even how it's taught, 
is is is, is important. So the children don't see that. Some I'll tell you what. This is one show that I hate to close because <coughs> I'm enjoying it so much, and I hope you're having as much fun as I am. But you know what I mean? to me that your rap was so nice that we should make that your song. So by popular consensus, we make that your song. Yeah. The rap, so that we we'll let him do his. Yes. Song. But before yes. Yes. before he does his song to close us, and I would I would I would make the request of you. Even if you can't sing the song, sing it for us alone. I think we should set the whole we should set the whole end of year celebration going <laughs> in a year that has been so brutal for yeah, many by doing the end of year song Afia Pro. But before that, let me ask you in a minute to wrap up your thoughts. I know you've shared your thoughts, Helen Yorson, on education, social protection and youth. Sum up your thoughts in one minute. Okay, so I, I believe that education is important and that we should give it the education, not just formal English, maths, and all they're important, but also all the so-called extracurricular activities must become the main part of, they should become main activities. And also our youth are important to the development of our nation. Let's put them in front. And let's not quieten the voice of the oppressed, the women who are being violated, raped, abused, beaten, it's wrong, period. And we should correct that. It should not be it should not be said that it is part of our culture. It is not our culture. We refuse that to be part of our culture. It's a wrong culture. Helen Yosin, pastor at KICC and also a powerful gospel musician sharing her thoughts on her ideal Ghana. Let's go to Ochiami Kwame. You said some very interesting things, including your philosophy lecture. <laughs> Summarize your thoughts in one minute. Um, I think that there, there's no problem in the world. There, there's no boogeyman out there. There's nothing in this world that is not perfect. God in his infinite wisdom created chaos and order in such a beautiful balance that once you know how to think, you'll be able to overcome everything. So I think that the nation should be intentional about thinking in every, in politics, in governance, in entertainment, in economics, in corporate. We need to find a way to encourage people to ask questions, to think, and even to throw away the status quo if it gives us the opportunity to throw rubbish at circle. And every June, the water comes back for us. Hmm. Expressed <laughs> as, as only he can. And that was the voice of a Chiami Kwame. The final one will come to you, Patrick Adakui. Your summary of your point in a minute. Yes. Bring uh, your mic closer, please. That, um, yes, I think that um, our local language is very important. I know Ghana, we have a problem because we have about 40, 46 languages and we are confused as in which one to choose. But I feel that there must be a local language you know, taught in schools and therefore we must use the local languages to teach our students, uh, especially those that are acquainted with the local language. So, that, for instance, if you are in Kumasi and you use the tree language to teach students, they may relate and uh, do better. If you are in Accra, you can use the gun till we, we finalize on one. And I also feel that, yes, the examples, we should try and use examples around. We mustn't always refer to the Western world before. And then um, infrastructure, instead of borrowing and borrowing a lot of money, let's concentrate on one project and then make sure we have a good um, year, whether 40-year or 50-year plan and follow it. And I also think that we should um, reduce the way and manner of uh, manner at which we think about politics when we are leading and governing the nation. We must think about the nation rather than politics. Thank you.
it couldn't have been said better, and I want to say a big thank you to you, Patrick Adakwe, Ochiam Ikwami, and Helen Yosin for coming onto the show. It's been a musical evening, and I'll tell you what, it's only fair that we end it on a musical note. And I'm going to ask Dr. Patrick Adakwe to sing the song which we are dedicating to all of you out there, our sponsors, MTN, UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group, and then the Access Pension Trust as well as the Graphic Communications Group. This song is dedicated to you. Also to our viewers and listeners stuck with us throughout the year. We're still going on. Next week will be the final edition of My Ideal Ghana. We'll break on pre-election day and not have a show. But when we come back after election, we'll be doing three back-to-back shows, very special series, and you will be with us by the grace of Almighty God. Adakwe, take us away. Body in 
I need something hot to spark my vim this morning. Hmm? Something sweet and creamy. Uh, do you have Nescafe Wawolo? Hmm? Oh, the one that's only one Ghana City pet. <laughs> oh, you mean the new Nescafe sweet and creamy? Ah, Suscat. <laughs> Start with the new Nescafe sweet and creamy for only one Ghana City pet. Start strong, finish strong. It all starts with a Nescafe. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Auntie B. Customer, customer. Please, eh, I need something hot to spark my vim this morning. Hmm? Something sweet and creamy. Uh, do you have Nescafe Wawolo? Hmm? Oh, the one that's only one Ghana City pet. <laughs> oh, you mean the new Nescafe sweet and creamy? Ah, <laughs> Start with the new Nescafe Sweet and Creamy for only one Ghana City. Start strong, finish strong. It all starts with a Nescafe. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we are poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. Charlie, make a see if coffee will send me some more. Make a take hold myself small. If you like the caller tune you're about to listen to, press star one to copy now. Let your caller tune do the talking. Express yourself with your caller tune and win big with MTN. Simply dial star one three five five hash or download your favorite caller tune or copy or renew your already existing caller tune and stand a chance of winning up to one thousand cities weekly, 4,000 cities monthly, and the grand prize of 15,000 Ghana cities and the MTN Call of Dreams promo. Send starts to 1355 or dial star 1355 hash to subscribe today. We're good together. We day for you everywhere you go. When you don't have the enterprise advantage... Can only you can only imagine the number of times it's been mentioned in discussions across the globe in the last 11 months alone, maybe as much as the number of lives it has managed to swallow 1.3 million people and still counting, and 56 million infections globally. It's a sneaky, slow, but deadly, perhaps such as how response to dealing with the virus has been slow, sneaky, and maybe pretentious. 
slow because the virus appears to be several steps ahead of our collective national response, sneaky because we are not able to stop the transmission, and pretentious because politicians are doing mass rallies, breaking the very protocols they announced to stop the virus. It is a paradox of confusing certainty in the choice between political ambition and public health while managing a pandemic. A second wave or not, the news of a vaccine to be approved by the WHO for distribution shows how humanity has nearly triumphed over this sneaky virus. But when will the first dose of hope get here? When it does, who gets vaccinated and how? Welcome to The Probe, live on the Joy News channel, Joy 99.7 FM, myjoyonline.com. On DSTV channel, we're on 421, Go TV channel 144, and on Facebook as well, we are live. Do share your thoughts and comments also via Twitter. At this point, let's get the latest update on our COVID-19 status as a country. We have recorded... 157 new cases. That's where we stand. And then also our active cases stands at 1,146. Our recoveries and discharge rate is 49,405 and recorded, unfortunately, 323 deaths. And in total, we have 50,874 confirmed cases since March when we first recorded a case in this country. 50,874 cases. That's our COVID-19 ranking as a country. Shortly, I'll introduce you my guests, the Deputy Health Minister, Dr. Bernardo Koboy, the General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association, Dr. Justice Yangsin is my guest as well, and Professor Gordon Awendari is the Director of the West Africa Center for Cell Biology of infectious pathogens here at the University of Ghana. They'll be joining me shortly. Thanks for staying with us here on The Probe. And tonight, we're taking a look at our 
election 2020 and the possibility of a second wave as a country and then Ghana's plans for a new vaccine for a vaccine uh, which the WHO and some other uh, countries are working on uh, that's up uh, for discussion tonight don't forget you can join us with your thoughts and comments as well our WhatsApp lines and also on all our social media platforms you can leave your comment there so we start off with Dr. Justice Yangson who is joining me in the studio and of course via Zoom is also Professor Gordon Awindari uh, he's the director of the West Africa Center for Cell Biology of infectious pathogens. He's joined us via Zoom. Thank you very much, Prof, uh, for joining us tonight as well. We are still expecting the Deputy Health Minister, Dr. Bernardo Koboy, uh, to join us in the studio as well, as agreed. Uh, as and when he does, uh, we'll also, uh, he'll join us uh, for the discussion as well. But Dr. Yangsen, uh, welcome. Once you're in the studio, uh, we'll just Thank start you, off Eva. with you. Uh, been a while, it, it appears that we've gone easy on COVID-19, haven't we? Uh, well, as a country, I think at some point along the line, we sort of went easy on everything COVID. I think right from the very top to the least person. Let's accept the fact that collectively, we let our guard down along the line. Mm. And uh, gradually, we are being exposed, if not exposed already. So we need to gather our arsenals and uh, move on as a people and confront this disease. We can't afford to go into the very bad situation we had months ago. Even at that point, we seem to have done so well. But if you look at the global picture, if you don't take your measures, especially the preventive ones, very seriously, you could have your whole nation slide into a situation where you cannot handle. Our health system is robust to just an extent. Technically speaking, others have better health system than us, mm-hmm. and they are suffering. So if we let our guard down again and go into where others have gone through now, it will be suicidal for all of us. We just need to be careful. We need to accept our situation mm-hmm. and make sure that the preventive aspect, which is where I think we have our uh, strength, because when it comes to the curative, because of the deficiencies in our health system, sometimes it will be very difficult for us to handle the cases because human resources, logistics, and all that sometimes will be found wanting yeah. if we are to be overwhelmed. So the preventive bit is where we should focus more and ensure that we do the right things and avoid getting infected. Well, I'll be asking why uh, we haven't heard uh, from the Ghana Medical Association, especially because before the registration, uh, we saw that, um, you know, caution that he had sent uh, to the EC, for instance, uh, before the registration. But uh, at least we've seen that there's, we haven't lifted the restrictions on rallies. But I'm sure you'll be monitoring the kinds of campaigning uh, that's been going on. But ponder over that as I bring in uh, Professor Wanderi as well. So I have seen a statement after a webinar uh, that you held Amongst others, you're raising concerns about the number of cases that has been put out there. You have concerns that maybe we could get about, what, one million people who are already infected. We'll get into the details of that statement that I'm reading about. But I was asking Dr. Yangsen about, it appears that we've let our guard down when it comes to uh, COVID-19, haven't we? You'd have to unmute yourself, Professor Wanderi. I am unmuted. Great. You can hear- we can hear you now. Okay, all right. So, I said good evening to you and to my friend, Justice. Good It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I hope everything's all right. Good, my brother. <laughs> good. Anyway, yeah, so I, 
I completely agree with my friend that um, we have gone to sleep a little bit um, because we we started quite aggressively and we were able to uh, basically weather the storm. Um, we started to become very comfortable. Um, now, if you step out there, uh, hardly anybody is wearing a mask, and that is really dangerous. Going on out there, um, it seems like um, we've we've taken for granted uh, the fact that the majority of cases are asymptomatic, mm-hmm. which, which means that um, we don't have a long line of people waiting at the hospital to be seen or being admitted to the emergency wards. So, you know, we, we sort of, um, uh, you know, lost our uh, focus and and sort of taking the, the virus for granted. And, uh, you know, we're not scared of, of the virus anymore. And people are going about their lives as if uh, there's no pandemic at all. If you step out there, the public transport is back to normal. The situation that shows that no mask. You go into the shops, people are shopping and shouting at each other and there's no mask. Even the shop attendants who are supposed to wear masks, they walk around either without a mask or the mask is uh, below their, their chin. And, you know, that's just not acceptable at this time. So I think we are really living dangerously. Um, I don't think we've ever finished the first wave. I think the virus has been there. Um, it's just that we were quite good at um, uh, wearing masks and washing hands and using sanitizers. So it was uh, it was a little bit uh, under wraps. But as as soon as we start to uh, let our guard down, it will bubble up again uh, because it's there. People are people are getting it. It's just that majority are not getting sick. So if we if we lose our guard and then um, more people start to get it, then there's a high likelihood that more feel the symptoms and show up at the hospital. So you start to see bubbling up again. Well, this is The Probe. We'll get into more of these details, but you're watching The Probe here on the Joy News channel, also on Joy 99.7 FM, affiliates across the country, myjoyonline.com, and of course on Facebook and on YouTube. For TV audience, you can see the mass gatherings. 
uh, over the weekend. It's just this weekend. These are not old uh, videos. It's just over the weekend. You first saw that of the NPP. Uh, you know that rally when the president went to Hohoi. And then also you're seeing that now for the NP NDC. And you just saw uh, John Mahama. At least for radio audience, if you're watching also live on Facebook, you can see that. But if you're listening to us on radio, the sounds are that of mass gatherings over the weekend where rallies were organized by the two main political parties. This is the NPP and the NDC just this weekend. And I have not heard that restrictions on gatherings like this, especially rallies, have been lifted. At least the last time we checked after the president spoke, we asked again if, you know, the restrictions on rallies have been lifted. The answer was no. But what are we seeing? This is what we saw over the weekend. Let me quickly bring in uh, my colleagues, uh, my two colleagues who are following uh, the NPP and the NDC. I'll start first with you, Max Solagbaba. Elton Brobe is our presidential affairs correspondent. Of course, he's following the president. And Max Solagbaba is following uh, the NDC's candidate, John Mahama. Max and Elton, welcome uh, to the probe tonight. We just want to situate the conversation better. You've been following the two candidates. Maxwell, uh, tell us about the gatherings that you witnessed and uh, the regard for safety protocols. You saw people in masks, at least what I'm seeing now, I'm not seeing anybody, but what exactly did you see on the ground? Hello, Maxwell. Okay, so it appears uh, Maxwell Lopugba is unable to hear us. They are en route uh, to the Upper West Region. But Elton Brobe, if you can hear me, you are in the Eastern Region now. You started off from uh, the Volta Region in Hohoi, to be precise. You've left to the Eastern Region. There was a rally today out in Koko, amongst others. Uh, what exactly is the situation in terms of regard for safety protocols uh, in place from where you've been to so far? Well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, so... Like we said, we started from the Gota region, and the president is doing two days for the eastern region. The one is almost over. Uh, we are now in Kokoridia, heading to Pediasi Lodge, where the president is staying. So if there is some interference, uh, sometimes the convoy and the speed can bring a lot of interference. But let me try and speak to the issues that you raised. The issue about the COVID-19 protocols and what is happening now, uh, for Social distancing, what I've observed so far, I think it's becoming extremely difficult for the political parties and the handlers to handle it. But for the other protocols, like the wearing of face masks, uh, for those in the presidential answer, like it is uh, an obligation. You have to do it, otherwise it's not part. So that is really important. But for the supporters, we usually come to some of these uh, events and places stop. Uh, I came across some of them wearing it. Mm-hmm. I think Coco at the Grow and the other areas that we visited today. I also saw some people in the government entourage just uh, using face masks and hand sanitizers to supporters of the MPP who have come to witness the Zeba. I actually picked one of the hand sanitizers because mine had run out. So for social distancing, it is difficult to enforce, I must admit. Uh, because of the euphoria that you are surrounding of these gatherings and the fact that you cannot control a crowd uh, in the manner that you will win, as far as for the night protocols are concerned. But for the wearing of loose masks and the use of hand sanitizers, apart from those who came to the grounds wearing it themselves, I also saw some uh, members uh, of the party distributing 
some of them to those who did not have one, and uh, and then the, the sanitizers as well. So it is a mixture of compliance and non-compliance as far as the protocols are concerned. But basically, if you look at the situation and the time we are in, uh, in, in, we are in now, I think that the political parties have a huge task on their hands if they are to ensure, especially social distances. Now that we are getting to the home stretch of the legendary campaign, what the president handles question this particular outcome. If all is whistle stops. Uh, so what we are seeing is not the large political rallies that we have come to know. But what we are seeing are uh, sometimes demo of chiefs and people and then some kind of president will just pass through, uh, wave to the crowd and then move on. But then also there's the instances where uh, he actually spoke to uh, what they want to describe as a mini rally. So in fact, this is the complete nature of the situation we are dealing with. Mm. Well, but I'm sure you've had cause uh, to interact with uh, some of these officials, especially in the president's entourage, because we're told that, uh, you know, the restrictions are still in place when it comes to these rallies. I'm not sure these are small gatherings, at least the pictures that we're seeing on our screen now, just from the weekend, uh, from Hohoi all the way uh, to Inkoko, for instance. What have they been telling you in terms of uh, the gatherings that we're seeing and the, the crowds that they've had to grapple with? Okay, so there's a serious interference in the in, in the phone. So I was unable to touch the full uh, content of your question. Okay, so I was asking you if you've been able to interact with authorities, asking them questions about what we are seeing in terms of the restrictions still in place. That's against what what is on the ground. Okay, so the, the, what what I heard from them is that even prior to the president visiting some of these uh, towns and communities, uh, they are directed. The organizers, the regional ministers, the local chief executives, and the parliamentary candidates to ensure that those who come to uh, the rallies are well, uh, you know, protected in terms of, you know, uh, adherence to the social principles, which includes the wearing of those masks. I think, by and large, that aspect appears to be adhered to. What is missing? is the enforcement of the social distancing. And for some of these political handlers, at this very moment, it is difficult to enforce, even though they admit that if one is infected, the probability of them, uh, you know, uh, spreading it becomes very high. And because it's difficult to control people who want to catch a glimpse of the president and be part of uh, an ongoing process to towards the election of the president and members of parliament, it is something that they are finding it difficult to control, even though usually you will find a lot of security personnel, uh, you know, ensuring that people do not go beyond a certain barricade. But at some point during uh, the program itself, all these were thrown out. Presidential Affairs Correspondent Elton uh, Brobe there uh, telling us about what he saw on the ground as the president kick-started the final leg of the campaign after the seven days of national mourning. Let's try again if we can reach Maxwell Ababa, then we can come back uh, to our discussion. Maxwell, uh, so I was asking you also about what you've witnessed. Uh, you've been to the Ashanti region. You're en route up north now. Uh, what can you tell us when it comes to regard for safety COVID-19 protocols?
Okay, so uh, it appears that uh, Maxwell, like I said, is on route, so he's unable to tell us. But at least we've seen and heard uh, about the pictures or the things that happened uh, over the weekend. That's what the video uh, tells us, at least. Uh, this is what happened. Uh, we can see uh, the video on, on your screens. But for radio listeners, uh, this is what happened uh, over the weekend. We've seen, we've heard about the NPP. Uh, now you're seeing, uh, that's the NPP pictures. We'll also watch uh, what happened um, with the NDC uh, presidential candidate resumed uh, campaigning after the seven days of mourning in the Ashanti region. And you've heard our presidential affairs correspondent, Elton Rubey, uh, give us the latest on that. Uh, so that's the situation now uh, in terms of uh, campaigning over the weekend when, in fact, restrictions are still in place. Uh, so uh, Dr. Bernardo Koboy um, is joining us uh, shortly, and then also Dr. Justice Yangson is with me in the studio, and Professor Awenderi is uh, joining us via Zoom. So, Prof, I'm sure you, you're watching uh, these uh, pictures uh, over the weekend. I don't know. I am in the media, but I'm yet to hear that restrictions on rallies and festivals have been lifted. I don't know about you, but seeing what you're seeing, does it give you cause for concern? Yeah, very much so. I, I think we we have a real big problem here because um, normally we should still have restrictions in place and um, big um, events like this should not be allowed at this point. Um, but here we are, um, those who are supposed to enforce these uh, uh, rules are the ones who need to hold rallies and to meet with voters and, and campaign. So um, effectively, we've put aside the control measures uh, for now, and we are basically um, doing whatever we want to do and, and hoping for the best. And I think it's really dangerous. Um, in my opinion, even funerals should be put back uh, under restrictions now. Uh, you know, I, I think we should go back to having funerals and weddings limited to you know, 100 people or something like that. Because, you know, we, we are just, um, you know, we are just living dangerously now. Uh, because the virus is there, a lot of people carry it. They're just not showing symptoms. So it just takes it uh, getting um, uh, onto somebody who is vulnerable. And the person would, um, would, uh, would fall sick seriously. So I, I really think that um, we are being very, um, you know, careless and quite irresponsible. Mm, we're being careless. Dr. Yangson. Well, I mean, he said the nail right on the head. Look, these large events have been described as super spreader activities, okay, by way of COVID-19. So, if we find ourselves in a situation where the gains we made some couple of months ago seem to be eroding, and unfortunately, at this point, we are engaging in such activities that have the tendency to spread the disease to the point where, I mean, if you take the population out there, mm -hmm. you just say you even get 1%, 2% of them getting infected. That is huge. But for such events, everybody is at risk. It is not just a 1% or 2%. Everybody is at risk. And uh, we, we expect our leaders to do better. The unfortunate thing is that you see the leaders themselves speak, mm -hmm. and they are not even matched. The leaders, the very people at the top. I haven't seen that of the MPP in terms of uh, the leadership who were speaking. 
But for the NDC that we saw, we all saw clearly that the man at the top was not even masked. We expect that they will do the right things for the population out there to even emulate what they are doing. Mm. Unfortunately, in this case, they are not leading by example. Mm. It, 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 it's not the best. It's not the best at all. Look, we should not allow these things. The political party should be innovative enough to campaign in a way that will not bring us to where we don't want to get to. But unfortunately, it looks like what all of us are campaigning against by way of activities that will spread the disease seems to have fallen on deaf ears. It's good we heard, we heard Elton speak mm-hmm. of the fact that some attempts were made so at the distributing these But he also came back and said the moment the activity started, everything was basically thrown away. So, by and large, we are just inflicting ourselves uh, with potential, you know, infections. Basically, that's all we are doing to ourselves. Mm. Well, the Deputy Health Minister, uh, thankfully, is in the studios as well, uh, Dr. Bernardo Koboy, and he's a politician as well. At least he's vying <laughs> for the Lejokuku seat, and I'm sure he's been campaigning. He'll, he'll tell us about how he's been doing it differently. Yeah. Have you? Um, because the pictures we're seeing is yeah. quite worrying. And you've heard uh, Prof and then Dr. Justice Yang Singh on this particular situation. Have we lifted the restrictions on rallies? Well, classically, if you watch, no political parties actually, from what I know, organizing rallies. But as they do, they are... What we're seeing. Yeah, we're that's what I'm saying. That Even if it's a drive-through, once you stop at a place, people spontaneously come around. And the numbers, like we are saying, we wish that... Um, we have a way of going around it. But, you know, if you take for the U.S., for example, although they have they are recorded high numbers, mm-hmm. classically, I've not seen anybody explicitly saying that their numbers is as a result of, let's say, the political parties they had. It is true. Once you have people in bigger numbers... But we heard is, that um, Mr. Trump held rallies, large rallies like this, and the number of cases yeah, yeah, uh, I know. as a result. I, we heard Trump, about that. Because of his orientation and his comments... And because he publicly, more or less, um, um, uh, I don't know the point to make, but because he sort of makes mockery of those who wear the mask, Mm -hmm. he creates the impression that it's not necessary. And that's why a lot of effort is made to see what happens at his rallies in relation to his conduct. And the occasions where, like, the event he had at the White House where there was a Mm -hmm. super spreader event. So really, yes, you can say one or two. But the point I want to make is that you don't see everybody talking as if uh, the reason why they are having cases going up uh, being their political activities. Mm. I admit and agree that there are certain activities that are high risk, others are low risk. And I've used this place, for example. Once you move out of your house to any place, your risk is higher than if you are staying in your bedroom. If you go to a political event where there are more people, the risk is even higher. So what do we do? It's true because... It's a life cycle for the country, and we have to go through. It's a combination of innovative ways of campaigning, and secondly, risk reduction measures. And the best, the first one, the most uh, practical one is the wearing of the mask. Mm-hmm. You know, on my way here, I saw my brothers in the NDC. I think Ladadekotopon, they are uh, the NDC party. I think they went went to do a program. They were walking by the streets with uh, speakers, and you could see that very few or even zero, were in mask. Mm. Now, 
really, we have a responsibility as political leaders to find ways to make sure that people comply. Um, it is a duty that must we must push as far as we can.